Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Gargan here. Welcome back into Major League Journeymen. I'm here with my guys, Alan Gordon, Dax McCarty, fresh off a great result for Nashville SC. Um, Dax, you know, I, I got I to start with you, and I got to start with the flick heard around the world. It was so much fun to be getting texts about how good old man McCarty is. Did he really make that touch? Was that really him in the midfield? I got <laughs> to mean it. I, I got to say, I, I, I listened back to the goal call, and Twelman just annihilating me there with the just old man McCarty. You. How's that a touch from the old man Dax McCarty? Are you allowed to say that? Is that, is that allowed? <laughs> Twelman? Dude, I don't know, man. I, I, had, I, I can't lie. I had to laugh. Um, but then upon further review, I watched it back, and my, my favorite part of the entire goal, which, I mean, to be fair, Hani's finish was absolutely incredible. I mean, inch perfect. But it was after you flicked it, you turning around to nine different directions and looking and was like, wait, did anyone see that? Who saw that? Who saw me do that? Dude, I, I was crying laughing watching this thing because you were was, just as surprised that it connected with <laughs> yes, everybody else in the stadium. I think I was looking for Alex Muil because uh, I, think, I think part of me was surprised he actually passed me the ball there. As you saw in the replay, I was in my a very unnatural false nine position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what right, the right hell were you doing there? Listen, Gordo, what? when you when you get old, you just start to interpret space. You know, you hey. interpret space differently. Read the game, right? man. Hey, you read to, the game. To be and- fair, it was it was the right run. It was a it was a beautiful run. And dude, a left footed in between your legs flick. <laughs> I mean, did you did you really mean to do that? Are you trying to like are you trying to do some kind of post up play right here? Oh, um, he meant it. I see. I'm, I'm gonna- watching it right now. I'm not going to take that as disrespect. You know I need to do that. <laughs> part of it part of it is because I don't run forward that often and I was too tired to try to do anything else. There was nothing else that was going to be accomplished there. We were up a man, up a goal, and it's one of those moments when you're on the field and you just say screw it. Like let's just see what happens. Like it is great. he's up there he's up there somewhere. You know what hey. I mean? Like Hani's Hani's in the box somewhere. If this if this like squeaks through, he's going to get it. But like the funny thing is is the whole play so we get the we get the second goal. We get the penalty. They get a red card. We're up a man. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, all right, this is a little bit of a transition moment here. St. Louis, as Gargs knows all too well, um, you know they're they're open, man. They they play open. They high press. They they get guy they get numbers up the field. And so yep. in that moment, you know, Hani gets the ball in midfield, has a great turn, and he's got like three guys on him. And so initially, if you watch the replay, I'm just like there in the middle of the field looking to support him. Well, he, he checked turns. a couple times and he was yeah. like, nah, not, 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 not. He was like, he, he was, he was, he was waving me off. He was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to switch field. So then I'm in the middle of nowhere and I'm basically blocking his path to goal. So I say, all right, I'm just going to start running. Let's just see what happens if I start running forward. So then I start running forward. I think he's going to play me the ball into my feet. So then I can go maybe one V one with the center back and lose it. Uh, Cause I was already getting, already getting tired at that point. Uh, and then he keeps going. I find myself in the position when he passes the ball to Alex Mawil. Hani is the type of guy, and I know we'll talk about him a little bit more. He's the type of guy that is so hungry for goals that he's just going to continue running at the goal, whether he has the ball or he doesn't. doesn't matter if we're up a man and maybe we should slow the game down. Maybe we should put together 20, 30 passes in the opponent's half, take uh-huh. the sting out of the game a little bit. It's like, nope, I'm passing the ball forward. I'm running forward. Find me. 
or I'm going to yell at you. Because that's the type <laughs> that's in that's the type of form that he is in right now. So Alex passed me the ball, and yes, Gordo, it was intentional. You know, the old man. I'm trying to set myself up for maybe another couple years as like maybe a late game sub as a number ten. All there right? we go. So that, just what they want. You fit that player profile perfectly. That's going to be the first highlight that I show Mike Jacobs. You know, when contract <laughs> negotiations roll around, dude, and I, I want to be a ten. I just got to say, dude, if if we're being completely serious here, man, that the vision <laughs> on that play is a 10 out of 10 because his late his run is kind of late, you know, and for you, I mean, I, it was a desperation flick. I get it. You're not taking that guy on one on one, but nope. we're going to give you we're going to give you all the credit you deserve. That's a 10 out of 10, dude. Um, did you guys talk about I mean, did you guys change your formation as you guys went up a player? Were you going to get more advanced into kind of like the the you know, a an eight or, you know, attacking eight or maybe a reserved kind of nine. I'll, I'll give you an 8.9, not a 10. You know, were you going to uh, play an 8.9? Gordo, I got to say, there was absolutely zero discussion about formation changes. That play right there was all vibes. That was mm-hmm. it. There was well, there was no there was no tactical nuance to it. I'm, I'm sure Gary on the sideline was thinking, like, what the hell is this guy doing? What up there? is Dax doing yeah. so far up the field? He's Dax, probably having off. a mini heart attack. <laughs> exactly. We're up 2-1 and we're up a man. What are you doing? Why are you taking that unnecessary risk? So no, uh, no, Gordo, there was zero tactical evolution there. Well, well, uh, don't you think, don't you think like, you know, in the form you guys are in, 10 unbeaten, right? You guys are on, you guys are on a hell of a run. Yeah. Um, don't you think like that when you guys start vibing like that and you're winning games and you understand the players around you and y- we've all been on those teams that go on a good run, it just kind of happens and it's, it's yep. better when it happens naturally. If you, if you kind of peg guys and try to change the formation, maybe it gets a little stale and guys are trying to do th- some things that aren't natural, but if you let it flow, especially if you're going up a player, a, a guy and you're up, those are the best games. Isn't that the best feeling so ever? It's, it's it's fantastic, so and that's and that's what's happening right now, honestly, with us. And you know what? We're ten games unbeaten. I think we're we have like seven wins, three draws, no losses. I I, I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You're fire. just you're in such you're you're just in such a good way that even when you're not playing well, like we didn't play well last week against Toronto, all right, and we didn't do a pod, so we didn't cover it. But like we didn't play that well against Toronto, but. We figured it out at halftime. We didn't have a good first half. We're down 1-0. We just are a team that keeps finding ways to get results. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's kind of like what you were saying, Gordo. When you're in a good way, when you're in a good vein of form, and when the players are confident, even when things aren't going well, you still have that inner belief that you're going to win the game or you're going to at least yeah. get a good result. We we yeah. have that right now. And it feels like it's an evolution that we have we've actually come from this team that was like a plucky underdog expansion team right? Doesn't Mm -hmm. spend a lot of money to now, like, I think we're actually starting to garner a ton of respect around the league as a team that needs to be respected and feared, like right from the beginning. Absolutely. I I feel really good about the the form we're in. I I think as a team, we're just thriving off of the form that this guy Hani is in. I mean, it's actually starting to be scary. The, the, the finishing ability of this guy. And like, it's more, he does more things in the, in the run of the game. As you guys know, he works hard on defensively. He works hard. Uh, he 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 holds his mm-hmm. shape tactically. Um, he takes all of our set pieces, and I, I have to say, like even when he's not playing at his best, I don't think I've ever seen a guy, maybe other than like Bradley Wright Phillips, who has so much confidence in his finishing that anytime the ball is within thirty yards of the goal, he is looking for his own shot because yeah. he knows that that is what's going to make us successful. And mm-hmm. 
the numbers that he's putting up right now are actually scary. I mean, I think it's probably historic. You know, I, I had I took Keno, I took Robbie Keane as my number one pick on, on Mount Rushmore of, of DPs. I Robbie Keane, I don't know if Robbie ever had a run as fruitful as this last two and a half, three years that that Hani's having. And Robbie I'd have was to look, pretty, pretty good that in there for a that's bit. He was, strong, he was pretty, uh, that's, he that's was strong, pretty prolific, but, he, but I'm starting to put Hani up in that echelon of like, yeah. he's just automatic, man. I mean, yeah. it just, he, how many, how many guys can you say have a ridiculous MVP caliber season and then the next year they actually are on pace to have a better season than that? It's not, yeah, it's it doesn't tough. happen often, but, man. But you stole, you stole my question, Dax, and I'm going to put you on the hot seat. It's, 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 it's hot because oh, I know, man. I know how much, and you, and you called it. I was going to ask you, is Hani on a better, I mean, is he a better finisher? Is he the best finisher you've ever played with? And you played with Bradley Wright Phillips. That's the guy oh. that I'm going to compare it, compare, compare the two. Who are, who would you, who in, in their best form that you played with them? Cause, cause Bradley Wright Phillips, man, who when that guy was scoring 17 God, decks, that's dude. what we really want to know. Exactly. <laughs> who are you you're, taking? You're, you know, you're a real dick, you know, man, like, I know. I st- I'm still, I'm still playing with this guy, honey. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I have to say like, it's, it's so, it, it's such a tough decision, but I think Brad is a better finisher overall because he just had, he just had more tools around the box in terms of, He's a little bit bigger and he's a little bit better in the air. Yeah, I was going to say, he finished in the air. That's ha- not like, really like, Hani's like strong suit. Hani, Hani is a, he's a good header of the ball, but he's not like a threat on crosses. You know, like, not he's like not going to go on set not, Yeah, not like me. He's not <laughs> Actually, go Dax up. gets his head on the ball more than any little guy I've ever seen because nobody <laughs> freaking marks him. A hundred percent he does. I would say Hani hit the, the finishing ability in his right foot alone is some of the best I've ever seen. And like, Part of it is confidence. Part of it is the way he strikes the ball is so pure and so clean that, and like you said, Gargs, how many players in the situation that Hani was in for that third goal, when I flicked it to him, he's like right around the 18. He's like mm-hmm. 18, 17 yards mm-hmm. out with- I'm taking a touch. The, the, the entire goal in front of him and the keeper's like inside the six. Yep. 99% of players there are taking a touch, taking getting a closer- touch. And trying to finish it. Yep. He yep. just there's 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 no thought involved, and this is where Brad was at his absolute best when he wasn't thinking about anything other than just putting the ball in the back of the net. You well, don't yeah. take you don't take an unnecessary unnecessary touch when you have to. You're not looking for your right foot or your left foot. You're just taking it wherever it comes, right? And so and he hit it perfect. Like, he is he's just so confident right now that like anytime he gets around the goal, I don't even want him to pass the ball. I just want him to shoot. Because yeah. he's so he's so accurate, man. Like his accuracy yeah. is crazy overall, and in at his best, Brad was incredible. Right foot, yeah. left foot, in the air, challenging center backs. It, but he's a true striker, right? Hani does so much more than just finish. He's a he's a really all right. We're not we're not going to ask you to pick one because that is tough. But and yeah, and, and no disrespect to you as a player, Dax. But I think that we can. I think that you one of the things that you said is is spot on because we can see it in that touch, that flick, that. That's somewhat abnormal for you. One, to be on top of the 18. And two, <laughs> to be flicking a behind-the-back pass with your left foot onto an on-rushing Hani Mukhtar. But you also mentioned, I think, one of the most striking things for me is that this guy plays with the utmost amount of confidence. And to stick that in the, in the window that he stuck it in from the position that he did without a second thought, we all know you've been around players that, that when you find that, that confidence, when you find that comfort – 
things just start to get big and the goal mm. becomes the ocean and you could throw it in from pretty much anywhere. And, and I think that it seems like Nashville is playing like that, right? Like when you're yeah. talking about making just in-game chemistry adjustments at halftime, when you're just starting to feel things and you know that this guy's going to be there and he's already making that run because Dax might see this play. I mean, that, it, it is special. The, I think for me, and uh, there's, two, there's two pieces to this. I don't think that there's a close second right now for the MVP of the league. I think Hani's it, and, and Hani's you know we got a long way to go. So sure. I guess we can pump the brakes on that a touch. Um, but by but the ha- way, he could have had six goals in that game, Dax. Yeah, yeah, yep. and that that's positioning, man. Like that's that's reading yeah. the game. It's seeing opportunities, and and it's also committing to your teammates because you're trusting the fact that they're gonna they're gonna get that ball there, right? Yep. Um, yep. But let me ask you a question because this is um, – I'd have to think that this is a question in your locker room right now. How do you add another designated player into this lineup? Oof, that's a good question, man. I think it has to be uh, another attacking player, honestly. I think it has to be another guy that could potentially take the load off of Hani, even though you know, I don't even know if I want someone to take the load off him because the, it's successful right now. It's a right. recipe for success. And I, I have to give – a shout out to Teal Bunbury right now, who's playing as a number nine, and even CJ Sapong before him. I know Hani would be the first one to say that the work that these guys are doing to open up space for him is invaluable because these guys are doing all the little things that don't mm-hmm. show up on the stat sheet, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. These guys are pressing center backs into mistakes. These guys are holding the ball up when we do play more direct. Like, look, we're not an LAFC. We're, we're not a prime Barcelona. Like, we're, we're very secure in who we are. And Gary Smith makes no bones about not being afraid to play direct and go long into a target striker. And this guy, Teal, he's getting his head kicked in every single game fighting with center backs. But you keep the more you do that, the more you keep doing that, the more you keep beating down that door, that opens up for space for a guy like Hani. So I think he'd be the first to admit that these guys are doing the dirty work. I just think that if you can get a little bit more goal production from one of our attacking pieces, right, whether it's a goal-scoring winger or whether it's another number nine to to help Teal out a little bit and not have to have him play so many heavy minutes, I think that's where you add probably a designated player. Hmm. Hmm. And Teal's getting on the the score sheet. He's doing a good job. We have guys, Fafa Pico, Jacob Schaffelberg, Teal Bunbury, they are contributing at a very, yeah. very good level for our team, yeah. right? I think the, the risk there is just messing up the chemistry because yeah. you're bringing, right. you know, when you bring in a DP, you're bringing in a luxury player. You're bringing yep. in a guy typically full of confidence that has expectations and also more often than not does not come with a small personality. And you're, you're sure. putting those in things that, or certainly into an attack that seems like it's humming. And seems yeah, like there's is. a there's a good chemistry right there, and that's an interesting balance. And I've that's, always and that's and Gargs, you said it. That's the word I was going to say. It's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're like I don't know. I have no inside information about any summer moves we're making. We're not the team that's typically going to go out and make a big splash, right? We're not we're not Inter Miami. We're not signing Messi. We're not signing Busquets. We're not signing Luis Suarez, right? Like if we are going to add a piece up top. In my opinion, it will probably be someone that our scouting department, our coaching staff is very familiar with and someone that will fit the mold of what a striker has to do in our system for us to be successful. Now, Mm -hmm. if they can score goals and they should be able to score goals if they're a DP, that's the cherry on top, right? They're going to have to continue to fit into that team ethos and that team philosophy because that's something that I think we've has been a calling card of us. Like even when we have designated players, if you're not going to work for the team, you're not going to play. We saw mm-hmm. that with Ake Loba, and look, Gary Smith is not afraid 
doesn't care what your status is, how much money you're making. If you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not going to fit into his plans of how a designated player or how a player that plays anywhere on the field fits in that scenario with the team, if you're going to not going to make us better, you're not going to play. So, yeah, so I think that they'll be very, I think they'll be very methodical about how they go about adding to this core of our team because I think we're we're in a really good place right now. But I still think we have potential to do more and get better. So you have maybe the personal profile takes on a little bit more weight in the decision-making, right? But let's be realistic. I saw a graphic the other day, uh, since May, most points since May, Cincinnati and Philly with 19, Kansas City, who we thought were left for dead, uh, with 17 and Nashville with 17. You guys are, you go back a little bit further. You're on a little bit more of a, of a run than them. Um, there's two things there. One, let me ask you this question. Are you the best team in the Eastern Conference? Oh, a sp- a spicy gargs. Yeah. Do <laughs> um, you think you are? Right now, you're right gonna now. see a, right now you're gonna see a little bit of humility out of me. It doesn't happen often, but Cincinnati's the best team in the East right now. They're the best team in the league right now. And they beat us in Nashville. Uh, you know, a good game, a close game, a, yep. uh, a game between two top teams, in my opinion. Yep. Um, but it would be foolish of me to say, yeah, we're the best team in the East, when in reality, Cincinnati's the best team in the league, and they've proven that because not only are they undefeated at home, they haven't dropped one point at home, I don't think. Mm-hmm. They're just get, they're just they're just getting results. Dude, on the they're road. methodical, but that's that, what I mean. That's and that's who the best teams are, and that's why that, I mentioned you in this conversation. As in, you're and you you talked about this as well. You're picking up results in games that maybe you're not feeling the best in. And Gordo, you know that's when that's when teams are their best. I think you you're you're not playing at your level, but you still come out with three points, right? And I'm asking you that because something that you mentioned in terms of, you know, Jacobs and, and what he has to do now as a GM, Nashville's also not this plucky little team anymore. They're not just a, you know, a, a plot along and we're going to work really hard and, and we're going to get our results when we can get them. I, I think that that narrative has changed. So you're Correct. not like, you're not the underdog and now Correct. it's okay here. We're, we're, we're the top, top, arguably the top team in the Eastern conference. And we have the ability to add a massive chip. That's, Correct. That's a that's a it's a different look. Correct. Yeah, I think I think this is a pivotal moment for this this organization and and the ownership group, or um, you know, to see what they're going to do, right? To see if you guys are going to go for it and what that signing looks like, right? Is it is it a is it a well known player? Is it an older player? Is it somebody that's going to be young and maybe you don't know who he is, but he's going to really add to that squad? But if you guys get one more player that can put up you know, five to 10 goals, you know, for the remainder of the season, I think you guys are going to be really dangerous. I agree, Gordo. And guys, let me say like, just before we move on, um, because I love, I love the Nashville conversation, but we are moving on to, uh, probably a little bit of more, uh, hot button topic here coming (laughs) up. Uh, I have to say, um, I have a a tremendous amount of respect for St. Louis, uh, and, and what they're doing. Uh, that was, especially in the first half, they gave as good as they got. And, and that was one of the hardest halves of soccer that we have played this year. That first half, um, the, the goal, the equalizer was a weird one, uh, really weird. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was a Uh strange goal, but in my opinion, it was deserved. Uh, I think they did deserve to equalize because the last 20 minutes of first half, they were the better team. Um, but it's more than that. Their fans were absolutely incredible. Coming down, co- coming to Nashville, 
you saw a ton of St. Louis jerseys in the stands. They mm-hmm. made the atmosphere incredible. Our fans already, I think, bring some of the best atmosphere, like make our atmosphere is one of the best in the league. But Yeah, Gordo, Saint- we got to get to Nashville. You guys got to get there, man. Yep. But St. Louis, they, they made it fantastic. And I just want to say it was a really difficult couple of days for our supporters and our club. We had a heavy heart. Um, there was a very, very big supporter who was very popular amongst our fan base named Ben Cowherd. He he passed away tragically a few days before the game. Um, and our our entire supporter section wanted to honor him uh, during the game, a, a minute of silence. And the St. Louis City supporters joined in on that. And they That's had their, cool. their flashlights out and their phones. And look, we talk about rivalries. You know, we, we talk about how uh, hotly contested these games are starting to get now in MLS. The stakes are higher than they've ever been. Uh, and I think the animosity amongst fan bases is real. You know, you're starting mm-hmm. to see that. And for me, what could develop into a great rivalry on the field between us and St. Louis, um, it starts with a mutual respect. And the fact that the St. Louis fans respected our fans enough and the pain they were going through enough uh, to join in uh, on that celebration of Ben's life that was really touching, and and that was that was a really I think valuable moment um, for both of these fan bases. And so, yeah, shout out, shout you, out I'm, to them. Yeah, that was really nice. I'm glad you brought that up. That, I thought that was really cool. I saw that as well. Everybody's holding up the flashlights. Why was it minute 35? Is it is it because that was his age or? I, I I'm not sure, Gordo. I don't want to. I don't want to talk. I don't want to speak about that because I yeah, have no idea I, why it was minute 35. Um, but yeah. you could tell. You could tell there was a yeah, heavy heart thought, around I, Nashville. Yeah, that's really well said. I, I think it, every rivalry we've talked about here in the past, how fans have overstepped their boundaries, throwing things on the field, doing things of that nature. If you saw the U.S. Mexico game, I mean that was a that was a disgrace. Uh, you know, too 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 often these days, people are disrespecting the players and disrespecting the game on the field. And to start with a uh, you know a common respect or mutual respect, like you said, I think that's huge. Um, that was cool. And he was a big part of the outlaws. Uh, I, I heard as well, right. He's, he's leading the drums and doing all so. that kind of stuff. So, yep. I mean, we need, we need passionate fans in this country that are going to, I mean, that's, that's what makes it great for us. You know, we, we keep talking about these, these supporter sections that are doing it the right way. Right. And I think he was one of those guys. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know much about him uh, other than what I've heard. And, and uh, he'll be missed in our game because we need more of those people to support us he's he's the type of guy that it's the reason why you play the game and you the reason why you play so hard for your fans and your supporters because they care those are the people that care it is their livelihood they find value in the family and the community that uh, a a supporter section for a club can bring and so um you know obviously getting the win was extremely important um but in the grand scheme of life, very, very secondary to what occurred there. So shout out to St. Louis and your fans. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the environment that St. Louis has created here down at city park and, and what the organization has done. Um, but St. Louis has got good people. Number one, they're, they're good Midwestern folk that are, uh, family oriented. Um, but number two, they, they love the game. I mean, genuinely love the game and they are falling in love with St. Louis city pretty quickly. 